Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Well, the well is not well. So the same word well means different things to different people. Well, good morning. My name is Peter. Renee and the kids um, with me joined, joined the church in 2014. So we've been attending for a while. And, and I help at the backside with accounts and with Karen and bookkeeping and so forth, just so that you know who I am. Um, I want to tell you about a brother. He was kind of not um, loved, really. <laughs> he was fighting with his brother. He was never good enough. Um, his dad never really approved of him. I suppose you can say he was a, a, mom, a mama's boy. And, um, and even he didn't fit into the family business. Um, you could say he's a schemer. Um, and so he's a man that was full of sorrows and Um, broken relationships, and after he stole the family inheritance, he kind of had to run away. And in this time, he was like fleeing away into a different country. It was one night between a rock and a hard place, literally, his pillow was was a rock. Um, That's where he met God. And the God that owned the land actually said to him, I want to share this with you. And so the very next day, he um, found a well and some shepherds, and, and, and in doing that, he actually found his family, his place, and his purpose. So through finding God and meeting God personally, he was then um, finding who he was and finding his purpose at a well. So what I want to do is maybe just read a little bit out of Genesis 28. And there's, there's the piece here of, and, and you know I'm talking about the life of Jacob, and just the purposes and resources that God has for him. So in Genesis 28, verse 13 onwards, the Lord said to him, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are laying on belongs to you belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. And then a little bit later on, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. So from this person that is fighting with his brother, running away from his family, coming all the way back and getting this promise from God was quite something. Surely the Lord is, this is what Jacob is saying, surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. And then he called it the house of God or the presence of God. So... um, what did, what did Jacob meet at his well? And I want to talk a little bit about the well. And you can see that I'm more a storyteller. So probably the best thing is put down your notes, 
just listen, just walk with me. Um, and I wanna say, put yourself on flight mode, get rid of your distractions, right? And, and listen to what I'm saying. I, I would <laughs> probably conclude that I'm gonna offend you maybe, I'm gonna challenge you hopefully, um, because all of what I'm saying is a heart condition. We've said that for the last couple of weeks. There's nothing new from what I'm saying, but it is a heart condition. So that's where, where you, if you allow me to challenge your heart, you may be offended, but you may just as well be changed and, and growing through this and getting joy. So something else that I want to share is when I was a teen, my dad took us on um, a trip or a few trips to the Okavango Delta in Botswana, amazing place. And um, during one of these trips, you, you drive through desert, semi-desert for, for a day or two, and then you get to this immense water land. It's just water everywhere. And on one of these trips, we were sitting in a Komoro, and the guide was kind of, it's like a canoe. He was taking us down the Kovango Delta in Botswana. And he shared with us that the currency that they use in Botswana is called pula. And pula means rain. And then where we have dollar and cents, so they little, the, the cents that they use is called tebe. So tebe means drop. So all the drops makes the rain, right? And the rain makes the water. Now, what is quite significant for me is that Botswana um, has probably two-thirds or whatever, a big part of the Kalahari Desert. So it's a very dry, arid land on the one side, and then you have this vast water source on the other side. So the, the, the water and the rain is a really valuable blessing to the country. And every time you do a transaction, you actually, in doing, sharing the rain and the drops, you actually come to a point where you, do, you speak a blessing in doing that. Um, so something else that comes out of Tebe, which is the rain, dro the drops, is if you use that as a name of a person, it means shield or protection. And um, which is just really amazing because the water and the value of that, the life that it gives, is also a protection for the people. Now, something else that is fun to, to know is that the elephants in that area, they would walk through the desert, and even in the dry season, they would know when the rain is coming, whether, when, whether it's the mama elephant taking them down or whether it is they can smell it, the rain is coming. Like yesterday when it started raining, you can actually smell that petrichor, that, that um, release from the plants. You can just smell it starting to rain. So whether the elephants know that, whether it is a, a walk of faith and trust down the road, I'm not too sure, but they walk without seeing the evidence of the rain. They just trust where they're going, um, and they know where they're going. So similar situation with us, um, we had to do a bit of an elephant walk. Um, God challenged Renee with a school bus, and some of you know the story, but he said to her, buy a school bus and convert it into an art studio. So that was the simple vision, um, but then the, the what? <laughs> How do I do this? This is crazy. Um, so, so she had to do that elephant walk of, okay, now we first have to buy the bus. Okay, now pay insurance, figure this out. So many, many steps, many tears, many prayers. But she had to walk in faith because, because she felt this is what God is leading me to do. 
and they need to follow that. And then the question became resources, like how do you do this? Like who just has extra cash in their back pocket to buy a bus and converting it is probably four or five times the cost of the bus. So um, you do some math there. <laughs> but, but an old bus is cheaper than a new one, so that's fine. Um, so the key thing is what is that prophecy and that encouragement that was spoken over her and the work that God wants her to do. And when did she start to smell the rain of restoration? For Jacob, it was very similar. At his well, he had to actually walk in faith and find restoration for what, he was, what his life really meant. From failure to God saying, no, no, I want to bless you. I want to give you all of this. Right? He was kind of a broke guy. His grandfather, Abraham, was quite a wealthy, rich guy, but that wasn't him, right? And he had to go from, God, how does that look for me? And what, what is that next step for me? So he had to have a really good look at his life and his resources and what's available because I'm sure he just kind of fleed with a bag of food or something uh, on his back with nothing really to show for his life. But then what are the resources that he could work with? So I want to bring it more towards us. What are the resources that we are stewarding? In other words, where is your well? Where is your source of, of whatever it's going to be? Whether it is, I'm going to look at time, health, wealth, money, um, self-worth, those type of things. So the first thing is time. So how do you steward your time? Do you rest? Um, and so for me, just coming through tax season, um, <laughs> there's not a lot of that uh, available. And so, so many, many times I just said, God, I'm sorry, um, because I'm not resting as I should. But when does it become a habit or a lifestyle? Always chasing, always running, always going too fast. And I, I do want to read Isaiah 58. Um, because this is the piece that God brought me back. Because you can run sometimes, you know, for a purpose, for a reason, but you have to stop. Um, and this is what God is, how he feels also about um, us and taking a rest. And this is, again, a heart condition, so it's more than a Sunday, right? Um, keep the Sabbath, um, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires and talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. So, so this is the challenge. Get into a place of rest. Um, if you don't steward that well, I can tell you a lot of other things will just fall apart and you, don't even, you won't even know why. The next one, the one we all love and as an accountant, auditor, you're probably like, oh, okay, he, he knows something, is money. The first thing I want to say is money. Hmm. If that makes you cringe a little bit because it comes from the church or there's an emotional connection to it, whether it is guilt, fear, <laughs> or something like that, 
um, yeah, then you do have a problem. If money is connected with emotion, my opinion, then there's probably something saying that mm, you probably need to think about it. Um, so money. I want to give you two kind of settings. The one is a poverty mentality, and I'm not saying somebody's poor is in a poverty mentality. But the poor person, the poverty mentality person, is often in survival mode, ungrateful. You owe me. I have to get this. Like, where is it? Like the begging mode. Eh, not quite God's finances. Then the flip side, the prosperity mentality, right? I've been to um, places, let's just call it places, where the person would stand and say, oh, where's your faith? Put on another dollar, I mean, another zero at the end of your check. Come on, put another zero, you can do it. Well, that's not quite, for me, how finances work either. Um, and then the mentality of that prosperity is um, like business, it's mine, and um, I'm going to take this, and, and it's stingy a little bit, like uh, save for everything for this and that, and I'm not spending a dollar. So, so that also doesn't quite work well. Um, I'm not shooting down saving and principles of business and anything like that. But the prosperity teaching is more, it's mine. I'm, I'm, it's mine to use, mine to have, and mine, mine, mine. That doesn't work well. So I want to give you a story of a lady that's a really good friend in our life. Um, should be retired, but she's been a missionary with her husband for years and years and years. Um, and kind of after her husband passed away, there wasn't enough money, so she has to work. So she's still working. Um, and I know God has a really soft spot for widows and orphans. And so every year when I help her with her taxes, um, we kind of have this conversation of provision, of how God looked after her, and she was neither poverty nor prosperity mentality. She was a grateful steward of what God has given her. And and don't worry, none of my examples are anybody from the church. So you all can relax. I'm not referring to anybody you would know. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, but so this lady actually in, in the past year came to me and said, you know what? God has provided, and she gave me the detail, a significant support. Um, money that came to her, um, which is truly significant. And it was such a blessing just to see how thankfully she, she knew the sacrifice where the, that came from, but thankfully she just accepted that. And then the question where I came in is, what do I do with it? What I really loved and what really stood out to me, she just said, okay, and this is now a discipline she had over her life of not having much. Her discipline was with the little now, with the big amount that came through, she just had a piece of paper and she said, okay, Peter, the first thing is, 10%, that goes to the church. And then another 10% she took, and, and I may have my numbers wrong, but it's about another 10% she took. She says, I'm going to give this away. I don't need this. My mind goes, no, you need this. You know, invest it, do this and that, right? But my mind wasn't where her heart was and where God has given her something she didn't have to steward. And she was giving it away, and then... Eventually, we got to, okay, this amount is now left, and that I can use and put away for tomorrow when, you, when I can't work. So that, for me, was such a great lesson in, in money, 
There's no emotion attached to it. You just need to steward it, put it in the right place, receive it, thank you, give it, bless. It's, it's a very easy step or process to follow. The next one is health. <laughs> this is something that, that has been a challenge to us as a family too, and it's not COVID, so don't even go there. But what do you do if a doctor speaks a condition out over you? And then you're like, oh, um, is, is that true? Do I, you know, what do I do with that? So something I've learned is take small steps to address it, do it in team, and if you need to make a lifestyle change, do it. We're also going to change the doctor as well because, you know, long story. Um, but what do you do with your health? That's a huge thing. Who do you trust? Um, what I do want to do is to encourage you. I've got a couple of scriptures out of Proverbs and Psalms. So for health, that's the best thing. Just dig into Psalms and Proverbs. Um, there's a lot of good guidance in that. So the first one would be Psalm 6. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. A little bit further down, I am worn out from sobbing. Further down, um, the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. So I think that's the first piece of, of resourcing and stewarding your health is listen to what is going on make small steps, but then take this whole thing to God. And it is often only when you start crying out to him and setting to, getting to a point where, what else can I do? Um, and then make small steps and adjustments for that health change. Because you're not really going to be very practical in reaching people and doing um, God's work if you're always sick. Um, uh, yeah. so, so you have to look at your health and how you deal with that. The other one that I want to read is in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 3. So it's a very known passage, but I, I want to s let you think of and see where health gets slotted in, in the bigger context here. And I got a new Bible with bigger text, so <laughs> that says something too. Anyhow. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now the, the health comes in. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your first wealth and the best part of everything you produce. So often that piece, I think, gets pulled out of context and we just say, oh, come on, give me your money. No, it is seek first his will, trust in the Lord. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. So maybe a bit of humbleness will be helpful. Um, fear the Lord, like get rid of evil, um, seek him, and then these other things come and fall into place.
The last one would be in Proverbs 14 on health. Oh, I love this one. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. Um, yeah, what provides peace? Like flip side, what makes you angry? What gets you, let's just say, passionate? I, I always say, no, I'm just passionate about this. Right? I'm just like, mm, yeah, this is the right way, justice, right? Um, how do you guard your peace of your heart? Um, yeah, small little steps, small adjustments that will have a huge impact on the resource of health that you need to address. Um, and it, it's, it's, remember the tebe, the shield? These are the little things that provides the shield for your resources that you steward. Right, next one. Hmm. Now we get to our mind and how we think. How much are you worth? So if the auditor asks you that, you go balance sheet, assets, liabilities, income statement. No, 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 no. What are you worth? And, and this is not a dollar cents question. Um, how do you feel about yourself? Um, unfair question, because it's not about feeling, that's really my point. But you start with, how do I feel about myself? Because that will reveal the heart condition. And then once you realize, well, that's maybe not true, or what you said, that's not true, you start to steward comments and what you let in, and what the opinions of people are on you. So Jacob, I mean, just think about it. He was just an employed person, like, what could I do? I worked for my uncle. He was kind of a shrewd guy, so he didn't get much. Um, like, he didn't have much. So I don't know what he thought about it. I'm just a shepherd out here in the desert. Um, God, I don't know. You said all these other things to me. Mm, doesn't add up. Um, but what was he worth? He was worth what God saw in him. He was worth the inheritance that he's receiving from his grandfather. And his inheritance wasn't all the camels and the flocks and, you know, all his assets. The inheritance wasn't the cash transfer from the lawyer into your bank account and you're happy. The inheritance was a nation. It was people. It was relationship. It was a family that God has given him. That was his real inheritance. So, again, how do you see yourself? Really, how does God see you? Because that's how you should see yourself. So let, let us go back to the well, all right? So now we're at the well, and we need to start drinking from the well. Quick uh, snippet. Um, the interesting thing about the well, Jacob's well in particular, it was known that that well was really deep. Um, apparently, it's between 25 and 30 meters deep. Don't know much about wells, but that for me is deep enough. So it got water, fresh, pure water from deep down. And then as it traveled up to the surface, there's a, a sediment or porcelain, some other rock that's porous like porcelain that it travels through, so it filters it. So imagine God building this fancy water purification system way back when. So the water that came out of Jacob's well was apparently soft, sweet, really good tasting. 
Um, and all the other wells around was probably more surface water or something like that, so more debris, more junk in it. So it just didn't taste as well. It was hard water. So how do we get the deep water out of the well and drink from it? So to get to that, I want to talk about different types of wells. The first one is um, wells that you need to protect. So big well, you don't want to fall into it, so you put a big stone. I don't know how big they are. But you put a big stone on top, so you put a lid on it and cover it. So some of your wells, you actually need to protect. You need to put a lid on it. Um, maybe some will say savings, put some money away for savings one day. That would be a good steward. But what are the wells that is not for now, but it is a well for tomorrow? Um, so don't, don't walk past those wells and don't neglect to protect your future resources. Okay. The next piece will be open wells. Now, um, how do you dig out a well? Um, in other words, how do you get to the promise, like God said to Renee, by the bus? How do you get from having the art studio to just the thought and the idea and the prayer? So dig open those wells. Um, another piece God said to me in 2016 at a conference here, um, he wants to bless me with, with business and doing business. And I go, well, what's the next step, right? Well, there were quite a few steps, smaller steps, which actually then led to this. Register this, do that, talk to that person. And then you have to put some money in the game and invest a little bit, et cetera. And so that word and that direction got formed. So I was starting to dig out my well. So key thing, what, what prevents us digging out? Fear of failure. Um, no, I'm not going to start. It's not going to work. That, not for me. So get rid of fear of failure. Just like kick it out of the park. Um, dig it out, throw it out. Um, the other thing is your dream and your vision. You have to open that up. Think about it. Revisit it. Um, talk about it to other people. Um, with Renee, um, she shared her dream with, with Mike. And we were like, this is, I don't know, this is impossible. It was like a wall in front of us. And she shared it. We had dinner with Mike and, and Amanda. And, and Mike, in the skill set God has given him, was like, he just like plotted the whole thing out for us. Okay, here, this is this phase, that phase. And he had graphs and the whole thing. Just naturally, he was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And it gave us just the next step. So share your well. Part of digging out the well is share your heart with safe people, obviously. Um, so share your well. Um, the other thing that's interesting about Jacob is God gave him strategy. You know, when he was running away from home, he was the schemer, the deceiver, the, the conniving guy that just wheel and deal, and he's like, oh, I don't know, that's a bit scaly. That was who he was. But after he met God, after he kind of drank from the well God has given him, he has actually received strategy. His strategy was kind of tight branches to this goat or that sheep or whatever, and then when they come and drink, they mix this way, and then these ones were spotted. Like, it's like, what? Who would have thought about that? Because God has taken something that was given to him as a gift, scheming, how we would see it, and he turned it around and revived it into strategy, vision, purpose, next step. I, I knew what to do next, right? So take that thing that is kind of broken, 
and let God redeem that and give you the next step of what is that strategy, what is that vision, what is that stewarding of that resource, your well. So a key thing for me is stop listening to the opinion of man. <laughs> it's just, it's just going to be unhelpful always. Um, you need to surround yourself with godly people. There's a reason why God says in the counsel of the wise there is safety. So surround you with godly people. It's another step digging out those wells. Right, so protect your well, open up your wells, dig them out. And then the third one is other wells. Wells that doesn't belong to you because God has given you land, place, position, influence, and you have wells in your land. But then there are other lands that you, you can travel, right? And you can go and help somebody else dig up their wells. Um, a key thing for me there is um, that when you come alongside somebody, you are encouraged. You encourage them. You are excited about their well. And then when you dig that up, like Mike did for us, you joy in that blessing of that moment. Um, something else is also from, from other wells is we need to, please hear this, we need to invest in the next generation. Um, so other wells for me is a huge piece of that is invest in the next generation. Whose well are you going to start digging up? Sometimes it's just a patch of sand in the desert, but there's a well. So you need to come alongside and help that person see this is where the well is and start digging. They need their Jacob's well with fresh, pure water. The last one um, is dried wells. <laughs> so two types for me. The one, the dry well is, it's dry. It's dried up. It's done. It's Go and cry outside is what we often tell our kids. No, we're not that harsh. But So it's dry, it's done. Put the lid on so somebody doesn't fall in and move on. It's like a grave. It's empty, it's, it's done, right? So there are dry wells. So know when it's done. Stop, move on. Don't look backwards. Don't go and cry over this dry well and just move on. Like really, it's as simple as that. Move on. Put the lid on and off you go. And this could be in relationships, um, Maybe it's work, maybe it's employment. Um, so realize when something is draining you and taking everything from you. That's probably a dry well. And then figure out, mm, is this dry well to be capped? Or does it just need to move on? Then you have other dry wells where you just need to be persistent and dig deeper, right? Part of the process of digging a dry well is to get to the water. And that's where discernment and wisdom comes in. God has given us godly people around us. He's given us a word. He's given us a vision. This is the well. This is the right well. Yes, it is the right well. Keep on digging, right? And then when you get to a place where you actually reach the water, you can then actually get that blessing that God has for you. So, I'm nearly done. In some ways, we need to roll the stones away from these, these wells. Um, and a piece that connects with the stone being rolled away 
is that feeling of empty, right? That feeling of a dry well, very similar to Jesus and his grave. Um, his followers were really upset. How can he be dead? But when they got there, the stone had to be rolled away and the grave had to be empty for them to actually realize that Jesus is my savior. Um, so death has no hold on us because of that. And so does empty has no hold on us anymore. Empty wells, empty hearts, empty feelings, isolation, um, those things have no grip on us anymore. Um, so Jesus really wants to speak life over you. Um, so drink again. So roll the stone away. Now drink again from the well. Um, when we got to Canada, the first four years we dried up. Not because Calgary is a dry place, um, but we literally dried up spiritually. We felt like those Lepiz the white Lepizanian stallions, those white horses that does all these fancy little things with their feet. They're in the arena and they go sideways and braided hair. They're like, wow, this is amazing. Very impressive. But you know what? We're, we are wild horses. We run out there over the hills and, and go crazy. We did not fit that. And for the longest of time, we were drained because we were not that. We were wild horses running. And then the beautiful part was God said, I made both. Um, and so when, when that key thing came and, and we actually found, uh, I remember Janelle, she greeted us in, in 2014 here. Um, we found home and family where we can just be wild horses and run around. So the story is the the point is, drink again from the water. Who you are, be that. Right, there was a lady, and now I'm taking from Jacob. Years, years later, I'm going to call her Anne. So Anne was bitter. She was neglected. Um, pain. She knew tears, tears of the grave. Um, parched lips. She was isolated, alone. Community shunned her out. And she was just going, her daily chores, she had to go and get water at Jacob's well. And as she came there, she was empty, and she met Jesus. And I want to take us to John 4. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. And why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't even have a rope or a bucket, she said, and the well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water? Now remember, this was the best water from all the wells. How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon come thirst, become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never thirst again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So clearly, her, the answer is yes. Like, can you give me water? Yes. Jesus can. And then she said, please, sir, the woman said, 
give me this water, then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. So what, what is that point of release? What was the, the track that she had to change from physical water to spiritual water? It started with, or it will start with, cracking open the well, getting the water out, starts, starts with, and it's so simple, with, I am sorry. It is in that repentance of our wells being kept or dried out or just not kept that we come back to God and say, God, I am sorry. And then say, will you forgive me? And then you fill in the detail. Please forgive me for I've done this. I've neglected this resource, this well. And you walk through that. And then the beautiful part in Hosea, Hosea 14, the last chapter. Um, let me just take you through what happens when that well then gush open and water comes out. I'm just going to start from the top. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. This is where you say, I am sorry. For your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive us our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praise. And then little, a little bit further down, this is God's response this is his heart, his passion. This is what he wants to bless us with when we get to that point of, I am sorry. The Lord says, then I will heal you from your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds and my anger will be gone forever. I will be to Israel, and I can put there to Peter and you can put in your own name. I will be to Peter like a refreshing dew from the heaven. Peter will blossom like the lily. It will send down its roots into the soil, like the cedars of Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like beautiful olive trees, as fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon. My people will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like the grape vines. They will be as fragrant as the vines of Lebanon." Um, yeah, it, it is as simple as I'm sorry and looking through the wells that God has already given you. So um, I want, let's just close in prayer and take this moment to the things God spoke to your heart, to take it now, get the small steps to start addressing the resources he has given you. Thank you, Jesus, that um, we can stand like Jacob in front of a foreign well, or we can stand in front of the well in the land you've given us. The property or the land or the resources you have given us, you say, look at what is in your hand and use that. But before we can see, Lord, we need to hear all these different things that we need to do from I am sorry for what I've made it. I'm even sorry, Lord, for laziness or for, for not addressing this or just ignoring it, Lord. I've, I'm sorry for neglect. 
but help me, Lord. Give me my faith back, Lord. Give me my vision back, Lord. Give me the refreshingness and the water and the life-giving, changing water from the wells that stirs up within us, which is you, Jesus. We just read where you explained to the Samaritan woman that I am the living water. Restore our joy, Jesus. Restore us to where we should be. Give us life back, Lord. We want to confess that the fear of man, the fear of failure, the opinion of man, that has no hold on us anymore. But we will surround us with godly people, Lord, that bring encouragement, that brings truth, that brings correction, Lord, beautiful correction, so that we can dig up our old wells, Lord, and live free again. Help us, Jesus. Help us, please. Amen. Well, thank you. Go and take your Sabbath and rest. And rest in God. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.